welcome to the Love Positivism podcast. I'm your host, Shireen, and I'm the creator of Love Positivism. I'm here to help you on your spiritual and healing journey. I am a certified yoga and meditation teacher, a student of Chinese medicine, a doula, a Reiki practitioner, and a passionate, highly sensitive person. I want to use my knowledge to channel information and messages for you to grow on all levels. Hi, and welcome to this week's episode of the podcast. I'm so grateful that you're here, and I'm really excited about this week's topic. We're going to talk about Chinese medicine and acupuncture. And this is so close to my heart. I'm, I've been studying Chinese medicine and acupuncture for two years and I have another year to go and I'm so fascinated and so amazed by this science, this healing modality and how beneficial it can be for people who are having imbalances on a physical, emotional um, energetic level as well. So I have a beautiful guest today, Dr. Martha Lucas, and she's a teacher, author, and practitioner. And she has been practicing for over 20 years and teaching and speaking. And she takes us through a little bit the background about Chinese medicine. We talk about the meridians and the organs about moods and how to heal with Chinese medicine and uh, yeah so this is a really great episode for you to learn more about this and to see if that it's something that would uh, be right on your path and just learn a little bit more about Chinese medicine and I'm really grateful for all of you who've been uh, leaving reviews. Thank you so much on iTunes. I always do an oracle card reading for everyone who leaves a review. It means so much to me that you take your time, so I always want to give back. And if you want to check out my Instagram or Facebook or website, you can click in the show notes uh, below. So enjoy the episode today. Hi, Martha. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm, I'm happy to be here. I'm so excited to have you here. And I always start by asking the question, how do you stay mindful and present in your daily life? Well, I have a lot of techniques I use that include things like I have kind of a family spirit altar that I can go to to get comfort, ask for help, um, keeps me grounded in the idea that we all have support from people here, but as well our ancestors. So mm. just, uh, and also I do a lot of Qigong, so like, mm standing stump qigong uh you can connect with nature using qigong actually have plants flowers the sun and the moon help you stay grounded to the earth so there are a lot of pretty easy don't take a ton of time techniques that people can use mm, that's beautiful thank you for sharing that You're and welcome. yeah so i'm excited because we have on this podcast talked about a lot of different healing modalities and, and uh, different paths in life. And uh, one of those paths for me is to that I've been studying Chinese medicine and acupuncture for the past two years. So I just I was so happy when I heard you on another podcast and thought it would be great to have uh, someone with your experience to come on and talk about uh, Chinese medicine. So I think it would be great if you could start by introducing yourself and who you are and what you do to the listeners so they know uh, a little bit more about you before we get into uh, the other parts. Okay, sure. So I am a research psychologist. I started out my medical career in Western medicine by doing research in hospitals with heart patients. That was my specialty. Mm -hmm. So the the subjects or patients whom I studied 
had all had cardiovascular bypass surgery. And I started to think about how their surgeons were great mechanics, but what about everything else in the machine? Like you fixed literally the heart of the machine, but what, what else is supporting that healing? So while I was doing that work, I started to study energy medicine and I studied Reiki and uh, realized you could actually feel people's pain. You know, you could feel the energetics were different from your energetics and went on to learn axiotonal alignment. And then I learned something called color puncture, which is where you put colored lights on the acupuncture points. But I, the training gave us a lot of prescriptions to use, but because I'm a researcher, I wanted to know why, why do I put yellow on this point and green on that point? So I went to Chinese medicine school to learn that theory but met my pulse diagnosis mentor there in my first semester of school. And he made me just fall in love with the, this particular method of pulse diagnosis, which I have used my whole Chinese medicine career, 20 plus years and teach to others because if we don't know how to make a proper diagnosis, acupuncture and Chinese medicine are just not going to work. So uh, my one of my goals is to help as many practitioners as I can learn how to be good diagnosticians because then their treatments will be really effective. So that's kind of my whole, how I got into Chinese medicine. Mm, that's so lovely. And I, I actually also started with Reiki a couple of years ago. So it's like, oh. yeah, the sim a similar path because everything leads into it's like a web and when you start learning it's so exciting to learn deeper and deeper right so it's yes uh, yeah yes. The, it all goes together and and for those I mean most people have heard about acupuncture but maybe you can ex talk a little bit about like Chinese medicine and what that is because there it's so much more than acupuncture yes it is in fact I'll tell people I'm a practitioner of Chinese medicine because mm. In our state, we're called licensed acupuncturists, but that's a very limiting title. It only says acupuncture, but Chinese medicine is a complete system of medicine. It includes diagnosis. You can do acupuncture, herbs, physical therapy, manual therapy, gua sha, tweena, uh, nutritional advice, teach people things like qigong, medical qigong to do at home. I do... Um, Aroma acupoint therapy, in other words, that's a great telemedicine thing that Chinese medicine practitioners can do if you have the essential oil training, of course, where, you know, you make your diagnosis, you show the people the acupressure points, get them their essential oils. So we can really, really help people everywhere with the various effects of Chinese medicine. And I'd also like to say that it is not some sort of woo-woo medicine. I tell my patients, Chinese medicine is a physical medicine, just like Western medicine. Mm. I physically change your body using one of those techniques, acupuncture, essential oil treatment, teaching you how to do some Qigong. We are changing your physical body. And that mm. includes your emotional state. So what I love as the beauty of Chinese, I, you know, both medicines have their place for sure. A, a few years ago when I broke my right wrist, I obviously went for Western medicine because I needed to get an x-ray and have my wrist casted. But I did a lot of acupuncture on it while the cast was on so it would heal faster. And indeed it did. So mm -hmm. we have, we need both medicines, but I, I love for people to understand that Chinese medicine changes your body. Like it can help change the old energetic patterns of trauma. Now that's something that I, I think we maybe can do with certain therapeutics in Western medicine, but, but with Chinese medicine, we literally upright your body, change the patterns that are keeping you stuck and get you to move forward. And that's a physical change in the body. Mm. Yeah. And it's so amazing when we hear these, like when we're studying also different cases and 
experiences that our teachers had with helping people because that's I think everyone that works in uh, healing or medicine they want to help other people to live better lives and be more healthy on all levels so um, I think it's really exciting to hear how much the Chinese medicine has helped others and myself as well because I've also gotten treatments and and uh, also started treating people around me that that I know have different issues and just seeing like a difference with that so it's amazing and yes and is. what I don't know if everyone here all the listeners know how like the background of Chinese medicine I mean it's very old maybe you have you can just uh, talk about that like the origins of it well, the the ancient doctors, re, you know, we have this thing called qi, right? I, I mm-hmm. tell my patients that's oxygen and blood because mm-hmm. the original doctors realized, of course, that, you know, people who were dead weren't breathing. So they knew there was something that had to do with life and air. And then as they did more autopsy kind of work, they realized that oxygen, air, breath, moves the blood, right? So there's a that very important combination of oxygen and blood, air and liquid, air and blood that they called chi or life force. And so I tell my patients, you know, I, I, I don't even have to use that word. I don't even have to say chi and make, again, make it sound a little woo-woo. I just tell them like, for example, you have back pain. Well, the oxygen and blood isn't flowing very well through the muscles in your back. And what acupuncture will do is help innervate that flow, get the muscle more supple, and then, you know, that'll help with your healing process. So I do my best to keep it simple for people and keep it down to, look, it's a simple idea. Like we're, we have prenatal chi, right? Mm-hmm. What we call prenatal chi. It's DNA. It's, it's our genetic makeup. And in utero, it's theoretically pretty smooth. Uh, if our mom had a good pregnancy and wasn't emotionally upset. But then when we come out, we have to breathe on our own and we have to make our own energy through food. And there you go again with chi and blood. We have to breathe and we have to have good digestion, which the spleen is part of digestion and making blood. And that's the, the basic of how we keep our energy flowing, keep our body Uh, healed. And the ancient masters said, emotional emotions caused all physical disease. And I think, wow, they were even involved in emotions back in the day. They knew that stagnated emotions, uh, that you want to cry, but you don't, is eventually going to lead to a bigger problem in the physical body. Because you are stopping your flow. You are stopping your breathing flow. How many times have someone come to you or practitioner or your school that feels like they can't take a deep breath, but really what they need is an emotional release Mm. because that stagnates. So they were, you know, and, and interestingly enough that they, the masters talked about emotions causing physical disease, but it seems to me that Chinese medicine, acupuncture especially, has gone way more physical. Like, oh, everybody knows it treats pain. Well, it treats depression. It treats anxiety. It treats that anxiety at 3 a.m. that you're worrying about what's going to happen and you're awake. And I think we, I'm also in my classes, teach a lot about, look, don't don't shoo away people who have emotional issues. We really, really, really can help them. Mm. In fact, two days a week, I work in a Western medicine, internal medicine clinic. And when they asked me to come there years ago, uh, they said, would you come here at least one day a week to do acupuncture? Because we are tired of giving people pills. Mm. So they realized that, you know, the body, there's something going on with Chinese medicine that she can help our patients that their own body, you know, help their own body heal and get balanced. So we don't have to give them so many pills. Mm. Yeah. It's so true as well that we sometimes look at the 
physical symptoms and um, diseases or discomforts in the body and we don't like we are not really taught that this could be something emotional that is being manifested in the physical so it's I think this is a really great thing with Chinese medicine to ask like what what happened around the time when you started having these issues because there's always almost always uh, like an emotional component and that's one of the first things that we learned as well like the different emotions in Chinese medicine and how they're linked to the different organs maybe we can talk about that if you want to share like your perspective on that the emotions and the organs and how like yeah how to work with that well, for example, uh, let's talk about grief. Grief gets stuck in the lungs, according to the theory of Chinese medicine. And the, the earth and the metal, lungs are in the metal category, right? Earth and metal are our immune system. Well, when the earth can't flow into the lungs anymore, when the spleen stomach gets blocked because the lung is all blocked up with grief, then our immune system is going to end up being affected because there's no energetic flow there. So, uh, and I, I had a woman years ago come in with a very bad chronic cough. She was a uh, woman in her late seventies, her daughter brought her. And uh, she was actually addicted to codeine at the time, because that was back in the day where you could go to three different pharmacies and get a prescription filled. And, you know, I said to her, I said, do you have any, unresolved grief. Is there something that you need to like cry out? And the lady's like, no, I don't. Well, the daughter said, "Uh, my sister died a year ago from breast cancer. Of course, my mother has grief she needs to express. But the the patient said to me, I'm German and we don't express our emotions. Mm -hmm. And I'll never forget that because I had to say to her as her doctor, her quote unquote doctor, I said to her, well, you know what, no matter what you're heritage is, and you have this idea that you're, you don't cry, or you're not supposed to cry, or you're not allowed to cry, somehow or other, you need to get that grief out. And I can do it with acupuncture, right? We can open the lungs, we know. Mm. Do low points to connect the earth and the metal. But there are many, many times where the patient, him or herself, has a responsibility to allow our work to work better. Like we can see somebody and, you know, treat them and treat them and treat them and treat them. But then if they go back and have that same lifestyle and they refuse to change at all, it's going to, you know, they're going to be seeing us forever because every time we see them, we have to change that pattern and change that pattern and change that pattern. Like a lot of my patients, I can feel worry in their pulse and they'll say, Oh, Dr. Martha, do you have a prescription for worry? Or do you have some acupuncture points that'll reduce my worry? And I say, well, not the behavior of it. Yes, I I can, I'll change the effects of the worry on your organ systems, but you, you need to, you need to adjust the worrying. And I give them hints on how to do it. So it's not like I just say, oh, you need to stop worrying, but I don't give them any behavioral uh, advice for that. But, um, you know, the fact that worry messes up our digestion, grief gets stagnated in the lungs, fear scatters our kidney chi. There are a number of examples where the emotions really, really have a negative impact on the, um, the body. Like right now, I think a lot of people have fear. Um, I've talked to my pulse diagnosis students about being aware of that scattered kidney chi because people are well, basically, some people are afraid of of the pandemic, afraid of their own personal health or their family's health or their job isn't there anymore. And if our core energy, our kidney energy, our pre-heaven chi, you know, it's called a bunch of different things, starts to scatter and isn't very secure. This is, by the way, where Qigong can fit in, mm-hmm. getting ourselves recentered, getting our, our Ming Mun fire reinvigorated. Uh, you know, fear prevents scattered kidney chi prevents all the other organ systems from uh, being healthy. Hmm. Yeah. And I'm also thinking about something that is 
so common in society now is like stress and almost getting burnt out. People are like working so hard. And um, how how do you how do you see that from a Chinese medicine perspective? What does that do to your body? Stress. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, it can do a number of different things. Um, first of all, we talk a lot about liver chi stagnation, right? Mm-hmm. So that's the, the basic thing. Now, w- what liver chi stagnation is, is our not allowing our emotions to flow. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell people, I know it's, it's unacceptable, at least in United States society, for you to be wandering around uh, crying or being anxious or when people say, hey, how you doing today? Nobody ever says, well, you know, I'm having a really hard time right now. Everybody always just says, fine, great. Oh, yeah, I'm doing great. Some people now say, well, you know, pretty, pretty well considering the circumstances. But again, instead of expressing like, well, actually, thank you for asking, because I'm having a really bad day. I am so worried about something, something. So always, almost always, we push that down instead of expressing it. So I tell my patients, hey, you know what? Just do it in the car when you're by yourself. Like you had a bad day. Uh, you don't have to actually express it to another human being per se, but you do need to get it out. Say it out loud, get your voice involved in it. And actually sharing, I just, uh, a friend of mine and I do a podcast and we just did a podcast about how sharing physically changes your amygdala. It physically changes your body to be more calm. And I just mean sharing. I don't mean getting feedback or getting judgment or asking the person for therapy. Just the fact that you call someone or see someone and say, you know, I'm having this problem, this and this and this and this. I just need to share that actually can physically change your body. So you know, and we know that acupuncture affects the brain also. There are plenty of NMRI studies out there that show that certain points access certain parts of the brain. So that's what I mean by Chinese medicine is a physical medicine. It changes your physical body. Hmm. Yeah, definitely. And here in Sweden, we have um, um, even like at the medical universities, some courses, not very long ones, but w- where midwives can learn how to give acupuncture during labor, for example. So it, there is an effect, like people know that, and it's still, but it's still not widely accepted as a form of healing. So I think it's really uh, great that it's, it's becoming more known and more uh, recognized uh, everywhere, since also it's been a practice for thousands of years. It's, it's something that must be working if, if people well, have right. been practicing it. So right. and it still wouldn't be around if it didn't work. Exactly. And what I love about Chinese medicine now that I'm doing also internship with my um, teacher is that the time you sit down with the person, what I realized last week is also that you're also helping them to share, right? Because you're listening to them. Many people come to us and feel like they haven't been heard in regular uh, medical care. I don't know how it is in the rest of the world, but that they feel like it's like everything is so fast. You go in, you talk to the doctor maybe five minutes and you don't get, sometimes you don't get any answers or any tools. So you feel like lost and in Chinese medicine, you can always do things. So, for example, this week we're going to study um, the nutritional part of, of uh, Chinese medicine. So there's so much that you can do more proactively as well and uh, in your daily life uh, beside the acupuncture. And then, as you mentioned, Qigong, maybe everyone don't know what Qigong is. Maybe you want to share what what practice that is that you do. Well, yes, Qigong means, uh, it it literally means practice of Qi. Uh, Qi, of course, means energy and Gong means practice. So 
the beauty of it is that you can do it yourself. You can learn how to do it yourself. Like I, I show patients that every Qigong maneuver ends by you putting your hands on your lower belly below, mm. like in your Ming Mun fire. So between the navel and the pubic bone, uh, women right hand first, men left hand first. And that once you start learning like, oh, I'm going to actually take this emotional energy that I'm feeling up in my chest and my heart, and I'm just going to direct it downward to my belly, my center, my core, you know, you use what for some people, Ming Mun fire isn't going to make any sense. So you say, you know, that's your belly. We keep a lot of our, you know, original chi there. Um, it, it can be so, so simple. Like I said, you can learn standing stump qigong, which is uh, helps you connect accepting energy from the earth or sitting still qigong. I mean, relaxation qigong. There are a whole bunch of different methods you can do. I actually have audio um, audio recordings available for almost all of them mm -hmm. so that people, it's easy. You can just listen and learn it at home. And then after listening a few times, you learn yourself how it feels. You don't need to listen anymore. If you're trying like relaxation qigong, I tell people, you know, just start doing it at night. Just you can't sleep at night. You're awake at 3 a.m. worrying. Just listen to that recording. And eventually you're going to learn how to start moving the energy in your body. Get it out of your heart where it's stuck. Get your your crazy mind brain calmed down. And eventually you will be able to do that very quickly. You know, you won't have to spend 30 minutes trying to do it or 15 minutes. It'll happen very quickly. So Qigong is a wonderful, wonderful self-care technique because I do believe in self-care. I, I, you know, I, I tell my patients, look, let me see you a few times in a row quickly, like Tuesday and Thursday or Monday and Wednesday, because eventually what I want to do is get your body healed, moving forward, working on its own, and I'll see you in a month. Hmm. So I feel like the goal of Chinese medicine is discover the root of the problem, whatever it is, emotion, some sort of, uh, sometimes you have to treat people's scar because they had a surgery or an accident. And then, and then like you said, with emotions, they can say, oh yeah, that started at this time a few years ago figure out what the cause is, deal with the cause. And then the person's body is more healed. It's working more in a healthy way and they can move forward without their pain, their emotional pain uh, mm -hmm. or their stress. Yeah. Yeah. So true. And also I'm thinking about them. Um, I don't know if, the listeners know but like in in yoga we talk about the different energy centers and in chinese medicine we have these lines or mer meridians that run through the body and they all link to different things and how would you explain this system of meridians well how i explain them is that they're like highways. It's like your body has this highway system. And when I do the pulse diagnosis, I can tell which highway is closed, which one has too much traffic, which one is blocked, uh, whether or not there are some potholes in it that need to be resolved. And when you can get in there and get the oxygen and blood flowing, like the cars would be flowing on the highway, smoothly, no congestion, then all of the organ systems wor will work well. Like all the cities will be well connected in the highway because your vehicle is able to move smoothly from city to city. So I explain it like that to my patients so they have a visual of how we're working. You know, like for example, uh, they have, uh, they injured their back well, there would be a traffic jam there. The oxygen and blood aren't flowing very well where the injury is. And the goal of treatment is to unblock that stagnation and get the muscles nurtured again so that the mechanisms in the body flow smoothly and, you know, the injury gets healed. Mm. Yeah, that's a great description. 
<laughs> of the <laughs> meridians because it can be so hard to to understand i i think if you've practiced like yoga and, and these type of especially i'm thinking also yin yoga which is also a mix of yoga and some chinese mm. medicine um you understand that there's like these different it's the same with the chakras so they can be mm-hmm. like blocked they can be very open they can be closed and and that affects different parts of your life so both sciences uh, explain things in different ways and also in in chinese medicine as in ayurveda use herbal medicine um and yeah like using these plants to also heal how do you work with with uh, uh, herbal medicine in your practice well it's first of all even pharmaceutical lots of pharmaceutical drugs started out as some sort of plant yeah plant, uh, or natural natural um product and then it gets processed and reprocessed. And I tell people that herbs are less processed. They're more close to the original plan. In fact, I'd like people to start out just with food therapy, mm-hmm. as you know, or you probably, if you haven't yeah. learned yet, you'll learn in school that foods have energies, foods have temperatures, foods change certain energetics in the body. So I usually try to get people to do that because people are, you know, in, in our country, people are a little, hesitant about herbs you know they sound weird especially when you say the words chinese herbs and you mm-hmm. say oh i'd like you to take this thing called xiaoyuan mm-hmm. well it's like what what is that it's chinese they're afraid of it they're not really sure if they want to do it or not so i'll give them a food list and just say okay look i have these foods like let's say the person has acid reflux i have mm-hmm. these foods categorized as cold energy cool energy warm energy hot energy. All right. You just, those hot energy foods, just cross those out. You need to take those out of your diet. The warm energy ones are, are quote unquote, okay, because warm energetic foods help tonify your digestion. They help heal your digestion. But on the other end of the spectrum, cold foods, they're a little hard on your digestion. And right now your digestion isn't working very well. So let's, you know, let's try to fix it with nutrition. On the other hand, um, you know, uh, for example, Xiaoyuan, which I mentioned, is is years, thousands of years old. So you can usually tell people, well, you know, it means free and easy wanderer, which means you're a little stagnated. You tend to not express your emotions. So what this herbal formula will do is help your body's energy flow even though you are not expressing yourself. Again, it goes back to what can we do to get your body to flow well and support all your organ systems and emotions instead of being stagnated. So, you know, I always try to take it down to as simple an explanation as I can so that the patient doesn't go away thinking, what, what just Mm -hmm. happened? You know, I I want them to have a really clear idea of this is what just happened. Because for one thing, then when they go to their friends and say, oh, yeah, I went to see Dr. Martha and she did this and that. She explained to me something, something. Their friend says, oh, huh, that that sounds reasonable. That sounds that's not voodoo. That's not some sort of craziness. They Mm -hmm. she explained to me what was going on in my body and how she was going to deal with that. So I think we do need as practitioners also to be able to understand the physics of it so that we can explain it to our patients so they don't think it's some sort of magic. Hmm. Yeah. And it does make sense. I mean, if you, if you feel cold, you eat warm food, right? And right. <laughs> when, right. when it's warmer outside, you want to eat more cooling and like you can listen to the body as well, but there's these sometimes these trends and and uh, uh, strange uh, things that come up like you eat in a certain way and that should fit everyone but that's not true because everyone responds different differently and i love that about chinese medicine that there's not one thing that will fit everyone because we are all so different and we have right. 
different constitutions and different, yeah, just uh, different uh, ways that our body works, different genes, different everything. So um, it's really customized to you. And that that's why as a practitioner, you take your time to, like you said, like diagnosing. It's, it, it's really, uh, I think that's one of the hardest parts uh, in our practice, like when I'm studying now to understand the patterns for that specific case or patient and it, it it's so so many different components so it's not just one thing it's usually a lot of different things together and it's on a physical emotional energetic all types of levels so it's really to get together all of it and as you said I think you can do so much as a practitioner but then how the patient is living thinking sleeping eating all of this is so important for healing so some people maybe focus uh, on one side maybe the physical side or the um, only the foods but then not so much on the emotional or stress and I, I don't think everyone knows how much these emotional like psychosomatic uh, components how how they affect our body like really you can see when when the body like you said with worry and and anxiety and and like overthinking it really affects your digestive system and and you can see that so clearly on someone's tongue or uh, the pulse so it's really a great way to uh, diagnose I think as well and goes so deep right and you know your point about how everyone's unique this is my problem with prescription Chinese medicine mm-hmm. where practitioners get the idea of like oh the person's coming in for PMS I know what to do I'll do mm-hmm. the old four gates liver three li4 and I think no 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 No, not everybody's PMS is caused by the same thing. You need to figure out what's going on with that individual. You can't just open up a book and look up PMS and, oh, there's a bunch of points. I'll just do those. Uh, And that's the importance of pulse diagnosis is taking the pulse in the beginning, putting in some points, going back and taking the pulse again to see, did it change? Because believe me, sometimes you think you're on the right track with your acupuncture point choice and you're not. That person's body is not respondent for some reason. Like my favorite example is opening up the dimai. So you take the pulse, you can feel that their dimai is blocked. You do gallbladder 41, Sanjiao 5, and you just assume it's open and you just go for it and keep putting points in. But if you go back and feel the pulse again, sometimes it isn't open. So then you as the practitioner have to think, hmm, so that didn't work like the book said it would, huh? Hmm. What else can I do? Okay, well, GB26 modulates the dimai. Let me put that in and then go and refill. Sometimes you need to physically massage the person's diaphragm a little to get the dimai open or do a local liver treatment. I mean, there are all kinds of reasons, including emotional, why the dimai can be blocked. But unless we can tell with pulses is how I do it, that the dimai is still not open, the, the treatment isn't going to be as effective as it could. So that's, it's, it's also not the original diagnosis, like the person comes in and says, oh, I have A, B, and C. And you say, oh, okay, that's stampede in the lower jowl. No, you, you need to, the diagnosis is a continuing thing. Mm. Did these yeah. points work? Oh, not so much. Well, what other points am I going to do? So that at the end of each treatment, you know that your your acupuncture point choices worked and that their body is starting to heal itself so that the next time they come in, maybe the dimai has stayed open because your treatment has addressed the cause of that. So in my professional opinion, that's the importance of knowing a proper pulse diagnosis system. Mm. Yeah, so interesting. And we've talked talked about the acupuncture, the the food component and the herbs a little bit. And I think so many people have seen the cups as well, like the cupping. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, w- what is that? It, maybe people don't know. They've seen something and it looks funny, but 
<laughs> what does that do actually? <laughs> well, I always tell people uh, that those those bruises make interesting Instagram post mm. pictures, but it, you need to slide the cup. Like mm. I don't do cupping anymore. I do gua sha because I feel like the gua sha tool gets into the muscle more effectively than cupping does. Now, mm. cupping feels good. And when I did do cupping, I used to always do sliding cupping because as I said, most people come in, most people get cupping for pain. Now it will help your digestion. It's a very nurturing technique, especially warm cupping, fire cupping, but most people get it for reducing stagnation. But when I see a bunch of bruises on a person's back, I think, huh, there's more stagnation. That's what cupping is supposed to be resolving, not creating because a bruise is a stagnation, right? It's, mm. it's dead blood that needs to be moved now. It, it's in that spot but basically it needs to be moved. So I have a, you know, I tell people that the bruising cupping is wrongheaded. It, you need to resolve stagnation, not create more. But as I said, it makes an interesting picture. It gets people in your office because they wonder what that's all about. But gua sha also is a very, very good, a little more specific to the muscles that are involved therapy for pain, especially. But and emotions, I have a, a back gua sha treatment along the back shoes and the outer back shoes that helps resolve uh, some people's emotional stagnation. Mm. And for those that don't know what gua sha is, how do you do it? What is the a, method? Well, you have a, a tool. It's called a board. I guess a lot of people call it a board. Actually, if people were to Google facial gua sha, mm. they would see bunches of pictures of heart-shaped tools and rose quartz tools and jade heart-shaped tools. I use a, a black uh, tool that has a bunch of different uh, edges on it for facial gua sha. But mm. basically, gua sha is a manual therapy technique where you put some oil on the skin so that the the tool you're using will slide and you can do it gently just to get a little of the surface energy flowing energy and blood like facial gua sha. You don't do it. You don't push the, the tool in very deeply because you don't want to give the person a bruise, but you can gently move the lymph in the face, gently get uh, it'll make the skin feel a little inflamed maybe and a little more plump. Um, but then, for example, for back pain, though, you would use your tool more specifically. Like I like to work right next to the spine. This is why a tool works better than a cup. Right next to the spine there where the paraspinal muscles get really tight when somebody starts to tighten up their back and walk in a certain gait. So it's basically, a, you can, in the old days, they did it with a spoon. Parents would, for example, their child had a chest cold. They would put a little oil on their back and their chest and just take a spoon and mm. rub it up and down and back and forth and side to side. And it'll create some redness on the skin. But it but theoretically, it moves energy. It moves oxygen and blood, because if you're having a hard time breathing or you have a chest cold, it's stagnation. And one of the things that the gua sha rubbing or scraping will do is um is move that stagnation. Now, if people, again, if people look it up on the internet, they're going to see some gua sha pictures where the person's badly, badly bruised and uh, has patechia. That's not necessarily going to be the results. You can do plenty of good gua sha treatment without that extent of bruising. So I, I don't want people to be afraid of it. It feels good. Mm. Yeah. And you do this facial gua sha and you actually also do cosmetic uh, acupuncture, right? Yes. Uh, yeah. Maybe you can talk about that. I don't think a lot of people know about this, what you can do oh. with acupuncture. <laughs> so really? okay. yeah, it's an interesting topic. Well, yeah, you're actually the, I teach a unique technique called Meizen, M-E-I-Z-E-N, Meizen cosmetic acupuncture. It means beautiful person. And it started to be developed when I was in school, because as you heard, I had a career already. I was a research psychologist or am a research psychologist. And so I was in my 40s and thought, huh, really? Acupuncture can help you stay younger or give you kind of a facelift. So I started this development of the maze and protocols. And because I'm a research scientist, I didn't I wanted a system. 
I wanted a system that uses acupuncture points, that uses acupuncture channels, and the needling technique I teach is based on the naging. It's a, a multiple needling technique, so it's not just putting one needle in each point. And interestingly enough, um, you know, facial acupuncture now is is a, a wide open field. Pretty much everybody does facial acupuncture. Everybody says they do cosmetic acupuncture. And sometimes I see these pictures on Instagram where it looks like somebody just threw a bunch of acupuncture needles in someone's face. Well, that's modern medicine. Looking at a wrinkle and going, oh, I'm going to put some needles in that wrinkle. That's modern medicine. Estheticians could do that if it was in their licensing uh, ability. But Meizen is based on Chinese medicine. Like mm. I'm an acupuncturist. I'm a practitioner of Chinese medicine. Why wouldn't I use the points and the channels and the functions that I spent four years learning and 20 years practicing? Why would I just put needles in a wrinkle? Mm. So it, it made, I have a face protocol and a neck protocol because, you know, the neck is harder to treat. You can get laser on it, but people can get burned. You can't really, uh, you can't really get a full blown peel because again, the neck skin is pretty delicate. So I thought, oh my goodness. Yeah. Women, you know, you're around 50, maybe you're starting to notice your neck looks a little crepey. Um, so I have a neck protocol too, but you know, my, my, uh, method, I teach people to needle into the dermis because that's where the matrix of collagen and elastin is. So, you know, just doing a real shallow needling is not going to give people the lift they need. So it's a real specific technique. Meizen cosmetic acupuncture is a, a very specific system mm. uh, for doing cosmetic acupuncture and getting a kind of a facelift or a neck lift. And you, yeah, and you still do like a diagnosis, right? Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yes. I, in fact, um, I had some, uh, a couple of students do a private lesson the other day online with about maize and cosmetic acupuncture. And they were, they were ex working on each other. And one of them said, oh, you know, last time I got a little headache. Uh, what, what if one of our patients gets a headache? And I said, well, did you do the pulses and the body points? And she mm -hmm. said, well, no, we were kind of in a hurry. So we just did Maizen facial points. I said, mm -hmm. well, you can't do that. You have to, you have to, the aging comes from the inside out, yeah. right? I mean, what's going on in the organs? If you are worried a lot, then yeah, you're going to be more saggy because worry makes the spleen chi go backward. It damages the spleen chi. If you just had a shock, then yeah, you're going to have more lines up around your forehead and your eyes because of that shock. All of that needs to be treated internally. And then you do the facial protocol. So yes, I'm fanatical about telling people you support anti-aging techniques from the inside out. Mm. So good. I want to learn more about that too. So this is so interesting and, and informational. And maybe people want to get, get in touch with you. What do you offer? You have the online classes as well, right? Yes. So that website was formerly cosmeticacupunctureseminars.com. Mm -hmm. It's now lucasteachings.com. So L-U-C-A-S teachings.com. And either one will take you to the same site. There are online courses. And I'm, I'm teaching live now. I'm teaching what I call tiny courses. So the mm -hmm. course is limited to four. It, it starts at four and it's limited to four. Because in Colorado, we are open for business in small groups. Well, we can have bigger groups than four, but I'm limiting it to four. So people, it's almost like a, almost like a private supervised practice class. But you can also learn these things online at lucasteachings.com. And then if anybody has a, a, you know, a question, my, uh, my global practice site is acupuncturewoman.com. That's where I do uh, set up in-person appointments or telehealth appointments. Mm -hmm. And if you go to acupuncturewoman.com, there's a contact Dr. Lucas button that people could uh, email me and ask me their questions mm, or set up a great. telehealth. Yeah, I'll share those links in the show notes as well so people can click from the, their app or, or on, on the desktop so they oh, can find you. you easily. Yeah. Do you, oh, have any, you. do you have anything else you want to share before we close the call? Um, well, I guess that's pretty much it. I mean, I, um, you know, I, 
I, with the pandemic, the pandemic made me do a lot. I'm doing a lot more telehealth, teaching people Qigong, doing their private lessons for acupuncture. Like I said, I'm back teaching in person, but it's small groups and I want to, you know, I'm one of those people who wants to help heal the world. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I just need people to know that there are opportunities for no matter where you are in the world to uh, get some guidance on how to help heal your body and your spirit. Mm, That's so important and so beautiful. Thank you so much for everything that you shared today. I'm sure people will get even more interested in Chinese medicine after hearing this. So I hope that everyone can take a part of it on their healing journey and and yeah we just learn learn to grow together so thank you so much oh you're welcome and yes i i hope people do uh, feel comfortable with chinese medicine because it's just such a powerful beautiful medicine Mm, it is thank you so much martha thank you thank you so much for listening today I'm so glad that I could share this and that Dr. Martha could be here today. I'm really so passionate about Chinese medicine. I think it's a lifelong learning and it's a really great tool for me in my healing practice and my uh, mission to help others to uh, get uplifted on an energetic, physical plane and I hope that you are curious and want to know more so you can just uh, check out her website in the show notes if you want to read more about it and see what uh, courses and and, uh, treatments that she offers. And yeah, thank you to everyone who's been listening, sharing and writing reviews. It means so much to me. So let's take a deep breath in through the nose and exhale out and namaste.